It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. And yes! Touchdown! They did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. A lot of things to uh, recap from the weekend that was. Starting on Friday night, Mountain West football action, Region 11 football action, a Utah State men's basketball scrimmage, and it just kept rolling through the weekend with uh, Utah State beating Air Force on homecoming, uh, an eventful uh, weekend in the NFL, and baseball playoffs with some exciting and uh, surprising finishes in the wild wild card round in these uh, in this new format. And so a lot of different things to get through here today on the Full Court Press. Love to hear from you as well. Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321. We'll also give away some free bread to the Old Grist Mill coming up next hour. It's part of our Old Grist Mill bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview football game on Friday. So stay tuned for that. So a lot of things to get through today and a lot of things to get reactions to as well. Uh, plus, a little bit later on, we'll, we will uh, reveal how things went with pick six and our best efforts to try to predict the weekend. Um, so let's let's start here, Jason. Um, let's let's get into the reactions to the, the football game Saturday uh, evening there on Merlin Olson Field. You and I liked the improvements that Utah State was making, but we still had concerns that they'd be able to do enough to beat a pretty potent run running attack from Air Force. And we were really wrong, and I think I can speak for you too. I'm very happy to eat crow on Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, I always like when I get to eat crow on the takes where I pick the Aggies to lose badly or you know when I'm pessimistic. You know, it, it's nice to be wrong in these cases because we were both probably on on the same path as far as thinking that Utah State was going to lose most of the rest of their games. Um, they probably weren't going to be able to turn around too much. But, you know, credit to Utah State for really turning things around. That was kind of the, um, kind of the theme of my Monday cooldown, which should be coming out later today. Uh, basically is the, the kind of the theme I went with, basically the, Utah State walked the talk in terms of their improvement. You know, I went back and there's there's teams that have turned things around in the middle of the season, but there's a lot of teams that don't turn things around. There's a lot of losing teams in the world. And I kind of talked about this maybe a few weeks ago. You know, when you listen to those coaches as they go out through the entire losing season, they say the same things week after week, day after day, game after game, about, oh, we're improving, we're doing these things, we're doing that, and... Utah State, they were doing the same thing. But, you know, and, and of course the teams that turn it around, they say the same things during their down stretches, but, you know, the teams that turn it around, they, they do something about it. They don't just talk the talk and say, oh, we're doing these things. They actually turn it around. They actually make those improvements. 
And Utah State made those improvements in several areas, coaching staff and players. Yeah, after the Weber State game, that was a rock-bottom moment, right? And they did show some improvements against UNLV, but the team was still having a hard time getting out of its own way. Uh, the first half at BYU, okay, look, this team is coming along. They are making improvements here, but not quite enough, especially in that second half when BYU started to make their adjustments and the Aggies struggled to counter those. But then on Saturday... Look, this give credit to this coaching staff in this team. They've been, I won't say unfazed by the outside noise because clearly it did bother them and it did affect them for a while. But they have turned their focus inward, rallied themselves, improved their uh, their own student leadership, athlete leadership, and uh, and have have turned some things around. Now, it was one win. I think we need to be careful not to overreact to just one win. But it does signal that this team is making improvements and did enough to beat a really good team in Air Force who was uh, beating a lot of teams, had some wide margins of victory coming into this one. And uh, Utah State put a full game together, which we haven't really seen all year. Yeah, and I think the, you know, not getting too far ahead of ourselves as far as how good this team actually is. I think you're right there. If there is one optimistic point to this improvement is that we've seen a positive trend for three straight weeks now. So you'd hope that that's a sign that this is real. Because we have had, there's been plenty of cases where bad teams just have a really good week and they win when they're not supposed to and then they go back to losing. We hope that's not the case here with Utah State. And you got to make sure that this team doesn't get too high on themselves because then they'll go back. You know, we talked about this early in the year. They have to have the same attitude the 2021 team did because they worked for it every week. Although, arguably, that 2021 team might have gotten too high on itself when they, you know, they lost to Wyoming. True. It, it caught up to them. Started to uh, you know, believe the, the, the press clippings and didn't prepare as well as perhaps they should have. Yeah. And so. Right now, Utah State's getting all the praise. We're going to praise them, we, and they deserve it. Don't let that go to your head. And keep working. You know, Coach Anderson, after the game, he talked about the process, said that this game validated their process, and I, I tend to agree, given that it's produced results at this point. So they need to keep going on that process, and that'll carry them through the season. It's not going to be a perfect ride. They're not going to win out from here. If they do, that'd be quite the feat. But... <laughs> Keep writing that through thick and thin, and you can still achieve some of the goals, hopefully at least a bowl game, maybe a little bit more. Uh, let's go to the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321, if you want to chime in. Got this text from 9952. Enjoyed seeing Bonner smiling again and being genuinely happy for Lega. And is McGriff ever going to show up, feel like he's on a milk carton for being missing? Okay, so that's, for the first comment, yeah, it's great to see Bonner smiling and he's happy for the God. Even though he's not on the field, he's still doing what he can to help his teammates and his coaches. Uh, he is an, a, an additional assistant coach on the sidelines. I mean, the guy's a heads-up, great uh, college f- football player who's been around the game for a long time. And so it's good to have his insight in seeing the game on the sidelines and, and uh, helping 
those around him where he could have just mailed it in like you know what i'm hurt i'm done on you guys and uh whatever you know and, and could have just mailed it in and said i'm done but he's not but on the on the other comment about mcgriff look the the matchups were favorable for Cobbs, where he was lined up and how he was doing. There were opportunities for McGriff. There was a pass that was a little overthrown. Maybe he could have laid out to get it a little better. I don't know. But look, this is a guy who had a, a big receiving game just a couple weeks ago. So uh, he was a leading receiver for the Aggies just a few games ago. So I don't want to say he's missing in action. Yeah, I think there will be times where McGriff can shine. He's already done that a little bit this season. Um, I think just the way things worked out for this game, just couldn't get things going. Cobbs had such a hot hand, and uh, they ended up going with him, and they went him with him on several crucial plays. Um, and and Cobbs has just been balling out. The dude, like two thirds of his production on the season, have come in the last three games. So two thirds of production in half the season, he's balling out. A couple more catches, and he would have entered rare territory as far as. He would have had back-to-back 10-catch games, which I think Kevin Curtis is the only other player who's done that like at Utah State. Right. There there was the throw to McGriff into the end zone, and he stretched out for it, couldn't get it. You know, should he have laid out and given everything to, to bring that in? I mean, sure, you can always make that argument, but, but that ball was a little overthrown for him. Um, but Coach... Anderson today said, look, with, with in regards to Brian Cobbs, just the matchups and the way they were defending and just where things were on the field, it just the offense lent itself to going to his direction more than anything else. Yeah, and I think one thing I need to point out, I, I was ragging on the wide receivers all the beginning of the year. Cobbs deserves some serious praise for winning matchups. Um, that fourth and one where they threw to him, uh, Fourth and one, he gained three yards on a slant route. Corner was shaded on the inside of Cobbs, basically to guard the route that Cobbs was about to run, still beat him, out-physicaled him on basically press man coverage, went up and got a well-thrown ball, you know, was put in a place where Cobbs was, you know, it was high but in a kind of deliberately high way uh, where, you know, makes it a easier for Cobbs to catch and come down with it. But Cobbs did really well on that play, and he deserves some praise for winning one-on-one matchups. He had another catch, 36-yarder, beat his man down the field, made it, you know, maybe bobble the catch a little more than you'd like, but he came down with it. And it was also a well-thrown ball by Lega. So yeah, and look, I think that we, I think we all like the idea of McGriff and the potential of McGriff more than what the reality is of McGriff. Um, uh, he He's a guy who could consistently have big games for USU based on his size and his uh, ability. He had a touchdown catch that was taken away from him um, in uh, the uh, UNLV game. Um, but, look, a couple that was in that game. Like, he had 103 yards that game and could have had more plus another touchdown. He had one touchdown, could have had two but because of a penalty, it was taken away. So there, there are moments like that where we see that he ha- he has that potential to have that kind of a game. But then we saw this last Saturday, we had one catch for six yards. So yeah. he can. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride with uh, Justin McGriff. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, most of that's been down in um, I don't know, nine and five two. He's going in there with a, with a lot of texts and 
I'm going to skip one. We can get back to it later. But he, he does bring up McGriff's stat line where he has 15 catches in six games. And which is, you know, averaging two and a half catches per game isn't great. And I'd kind of go further to point out the trend that if you go outside of that UNLV game, he has nine catches in five games for something like 130, 35 yards and one touchdown. So they're just not going to him. And a lot of times it feels like maybe he's being just overthrown or you know, just something goes wrong. I, I don't know what it is other than maybe he, they're just not trusting him or he's not getting open when he's supposed to. Or, or he's not being physical enough to get stuff that's thrown in his direction. Yeah. <laughs> just another major problem for a guy who's in the, you know, his, his mold should be, his archetype should be physical, I will catch every ball thrown my way whether I'm open or not kind of guy. He should be able to high point the ball over anybody on that field that may be guarding him. Yeah, the the ball that Cobb's got on that fourth one that I mentioned, that's the kind of play you do with McGriff. And it's even more ridiculous because, you know, McGriff has four inches, four or five inches on Cobb's. Um, of course, Cobb's being, you know, six one six two, he can make that play just fine. But you'd think you'd be able to run that same play with McGriff at times. And they're just not targeting him. We said this before the season. McGriff, and in fact, Anthony Tucker said this as well. McGriff will be as good and as impactful as he wants to be. He has the physical abilities and he has the talent. Uh, just will he be engaged on every play? So I would love to see more of him. I'd love to see him uh, work hard on every play and, and be available to help his team move forward. Because you'll have games like UNLV where he is the main target and they'll go to him. And then you'll have games like Saturday where he only gets one catch. Yeah, it just kind of depends. Maybe against some weaker defenses. I don't know if UNLV has a weaker defense, but Utah State kind of began their offensive resurgence against them. Bonner was lighting up the field and also throwing to defenders. But, yeah. you know, Bonner had right. like 300-some yards in that game. And Colorado State has some younger, inexperienced uh, secondary with, with a lot of uh, pass interference calls on them this year. In fact, the, one of their defensive players announced today that he's transferring. Yeah, one of their defensive backs. Yeah, so, so. there are going to be some opportunities for McGriff to have a, a solid game Saturday if he if he wants it. Yeah, and, and I think they could go after him. They may try and use him to draw a few of those, you know, throw a deep ball and just either catch it or draw a pass interference. So we'll see. And, and Utah State's getting better at those long balls. They're getting a few more of them actually caught this time. Yes, and a lot off. more passes downfield. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're doing well at. It. And I I also have to basically say that I was wrong earlier. I didn't think Legault was going to come in and pass as well as Bonner did, and he has. Like this last week, he wasn't you know slinging it. He wasn't you know it wasn't the kind of game. Obviously, he only had like 215 yards. It wasn't like the 300 yard games that Bonner was pulling out. But Legault is working with not quite as good wide receivers. And they're also running the ball more. But generally, in his sphere, and he's throwing all different kinds of passes. It's not like they're only throwing conservative passes. They're just throwing less of them because they're balancing things out. But, you know, he's generally accurate on his deep passes. He's usually not off by much. This week, he wasn't under-throwing guys. I mean, he overthrew McGriff on the one. But he had several good passes. And was he did perfectly well 
in what he was doing. I think he completed like 68% of his passes. Yeah, and the, uh, the, the, the turnover at the end of the half, end of the first half, not a good throw. It, it wasn't a necessary throw. They didn't, he didn't have to try to make that throw. There were options and, and time on the clock. Um, so not like an earlier throw in the season where it was kind of a Hail Mary pass at the end of the half to try to make something happen. But he's... You know he's getting better during in the BYU game. There's a couple of reads where maybe he was a little bit late or a little bit underthrown. He's getting better, and that's just going to continue to improve with more game time and more time with the with the first team offense. It, it'll get there. We're already seeing it; like it's improving. It's it's getting better. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I wasn't nearly as concerned about that interception as I think Coach or even you were. Where it wasn't the greatest ball, and I think some of that is he just didn't have the arm to make that throw. He doesn't have a huge arm. He's a good arm. And he needed, to, he needed to have the old Jordan Love cannon strapped to his shoulder to make that throw the way he wanted to. He had to lead him across the field instead of down the field. Yeah. Um, I didn't really feel it was that bad because, one, I don't know what the heck the coaches were doing in that moment as far as throwing the bubble screen. Oh, the play before it. Yeah, a terrible like, call. And so there was like less than 20 seconds. Like, what the heck was he supposed to do? Sure, you could have thrown it short, but they were on like, I can't remember what yard lane they were on, but like, they were way out of field goal range. It was or, about midfield. Yeah, yeah. so like, like the, and to get into to Connor Cole's field goal range, you have to get to about the 32, I think, if I'm doing the math right. His long is like 52 yards, so I think the the 35 is like right about his longest field goal in, in uh, college. So they'd have had to gain a lot more yards, and then they'd have to run up and spike it, and that's an if as far as that. So, like, that bubble screen really threw things off, and it put Lagan in a bad position to where he felt like he had to force something, and he did, and it got picked off. Yeah. Like, remember, the ball was picked off with eight seconds left in the half. Like, that's how much time they were working with at that point. So, I didn't really care about that It's basically that a punt. Yeah, and I honestly blame the coaches more because – what the heck were they doing? Right, use the side, use the uh, the sidelines. Uh, hurry up, get things going. Uh, don't waste time and uh, a little bubble screen in the middle of the field. Yeah, and that, that just didn't really make a ton of sense. And that's the play they called after there was a targeting review, which basically gave them a timeout. They they had an opportunity to know two plays, have two plays in the huddle. Going into that uh, situation, and they, yeah, threw it, bubble screen, tunnel screen, yeah, just and, not smart. And then they let time run off the clock as they were beginning that play because they restarted the clock as they said it, you know, to not truly give everyone a timeout. So they ran some time off before running the bubble screen. It was just like, you know, if you want to talk about things that weren't perfect in this game, that's one of the biggest ones. I gave the coaches some credit in some of my writing as far as making improvements. That was not one of them. That was bad clock management, and they did it against UNLV too. True. So this this coaching staff needs to figure out their time management because they're not good at it right now. Right, get those plays in a lot quicker. And I don't know why everyone, like, you have NFL teams that can't figure out clock management. Like, my dudes, the <laughs> clock is an easy concept to understand. There's pretty clear rules of when the clock stops and when it starts again. 
And you got to be prepared for it. You got to know what's going on. Like when half the people in the stands could do the clock management better than you, they couldn't do the play calling and all that better than you. But when they can do clock management better than you, it's time to start actually thinking or maybe have one person on your staff whose job it is to tell you all the clock management stuff so you don't forget. (laughs) Uh, 9952 with another text that came in. Only Downer, uh, assuming this is about the game, didn't like that the Aggies left the field for Air Force singing their school song. Two players realized it and went over with the Air Force players. Seniors missed the mark. Uh, I mean, I don't know that I would overreact to that. I don't know how many times that your your team would go over to the other team singing their school song to their section. Uh, I probably would do it more so with the service academy than, say, if it was Wyoming. Like, is he getting mad that Air Force did their school song thing? or No, that, that only two uh, Utah State players went over and, and were with the Air Force players when they were singing their school songs. That's how I interpreted that. Is that I, something we normally do? I yeah, that's. I wouldn't think much I, of that. I'm not as familiar with this because I know in Air Force, they're you know the service academies. I don't think anybody else does the thing where they go sing their song, um, and I'm fine with that. Homer, win Homer or lose, you you do your thing. Um, yeah, so 9952. I think he's saying yes to I think your interpretation. Um, of that text, so. I guess I'm just not as familiar with maybe the customs surrounding that. Um, I don't know how many Utah State players know Air Forces. Uh, is it their alma mater that they sing? I'm sure they have their school song, and they're they're gonna you know, do it, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Well, it's like a you know, it's a song. Would, would you would Aggie? Would you expect Aggie players to do that if it's Wyoming doing the same thing or Boise State yeah. doing well, that thing? Well, it's different because it's one of the or, service academies. Or just because it's a service academy. That's that's the main. It's, it's a service academy, and so you, you pay some respects. And so I don't uh, – yeah. 9952 says it was a major faux pas. I, I don't know. I'm just not as familiar with that tradition, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was – Sorry, 5879 said it was a huge faux pas. They sing the third verse of the Air Force song. Uh, Okay. I wouldn't have viewed it as such, but maybe some do. Uh, More text coming through. We want to continue to get your reactions to the Utah State football victory over Air Force on Saturday. Uh, What the current conference standings look like and uh, how this team's coming around. And I'd uh, love to get your thoughts about how things played out. We'll talk about the Utah State basketball scrimmage that happened Friday night, high school football standings with uh, the end of the regular season happening on Wednesday, and a lot more coming up on the Full Court Press. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., visit at TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. 
Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is, is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. ChemDry of Northern Utah, ChemDry of Northern Utah. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. A Valvoline Instant Oil change is across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil your vehicle loves. Go check them out at 695 North Main in Logan, where it's quick, clean, and easy, just how it should be when it comes to an oil change. So Utah State football getting the victory over Air Force on Saturday. Uh, final score, 34-27. to And uh, so my, my prediction was... Uh, 35 to 21, and yours was 38 to 26. That's correct. Oh, this game, I had like 41 20, I think. Was it? Maybe I'm writing that down from something else. <laughs> I thought I wrote down our maybe my prediction. I only wrote my own down. 35 21 was my prediction. I think you're right. Yours was higher. Yeah, I, I had Air Force in the 40s, and I think I had Utah State at 20, but uh. Oh, the 38-26, that was the final score for the BYU game. Oh. I just happened to write them next to each other. Uh, 35-21 was my prediction. The final score was 34-27 in favor of the Aggies. Yeah, flip your score around. You weren't too far off. Yeah. But uh, great game for Utah State. Very balanced offense. 215 passing, 199 rushing. Two touchdowns on the ground, two through the air. Uh, and, and defense really stepped up and played great especially in that second half with uh with with two takeaways and uh, limiting that rushing attack um and that Brad Roberts was having a heyday in the first half and the Aggies really limited him in the second 
Yeah, well, one of the keys is that I think those turnovers were huge because, you know, aside from those turnovers, Utah State didn't really stop Air Force that many times. You look at their first six drives, I'm excluding the one they had right before the half where they started the drive with like eight seconds left. So of those first six drives, they scored on four of them. So Air Force was moving the ball pretty much whenever they wanted. But the defense buckled up and they got two big turnovers. And, you know, on those drives, Air Force was driving on both of those. The fumble, they had three plays for 31 yards before fumbling it. The interception, Air Force had gone 40 yards in nine plays. And they just cut those drives off and they made plays when it mattered. Reminds you a lot of the, the defense last year where they gave up like 45 points, but they had a couple of key turnovers and that facilitated the comeback and ultimately the win. A couple more texts coming through, more reactions to the football victory on Saturday. Uh, 5879 with a little more clarification about Air Force singing the third verse. Uh, says it's to remember those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice defending our country, especially in the Air Force. Okay, I mean, it's cool that they do that, win or lose, home or away. I just, I just didn't know that it was like kind of a thing that everybody needed to go over there and sing with them or be with them. I, I understand it's a show of respect if you are there, but I don't know that I'd see that as a show of disrespect if, if you don't, but maybe that's just it's, me. It's probably much more a thing done out of ignorance, if that's what they're supposed to do, and that's what yeah. a lot of teams do. They, they just they didn't just, realize what was going on. Yeah. Although I'm sure Troy Calhoun will whine about it. <laughs> 8968 about Troy Calhoun. I hope Troy Calhoun isn't too down. Uh, to the fact that his younger buff Falcons lost to a bunch of old codgers. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, All that youth on his team. Yeah, that's right. Six five four three. Ags looked good. I think Air Force was a bit overrated and has played a weak schedule. With our weak schedule over the next month, we should be bowl eligible and competing for a division championship. This is a very average conference this year, and there will probably be no teams ranked this year. We'll be okay until we play the A good team. We'll be okay until we play the A good team. Which one? <laughs> well, <laughs> the the Boise. Well, Lee, that's probably that. the the Boise State. Well, San Jose and Boise State at the end of the schedule will be tough. I was about to say, that San Jose State game is looking a lot tougher after they just blasted UNLV. Yes. So that one's – it was – it's kind of interesting if the San Jose State State team was going to be a little more like the 2020 team or more like the 2021 team. They're looking a little more like the former right now. Uh, So we'll see – how that goes, and maybe by then Utah State will work, have worked themselves into some pretty good form. Maybe could take on San Jose in, in Boise. Of course, the, they're hosting San Jose, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So they'll have that advantage. Uh, you should look at the standings right now. Boise State is 3-0 and in Mountain West Conference play. They are. They're getting wins when it matters. They've made some changes uh, to their team. Now, Fresno State Hung in there with them, but then Boise pulled away late in the second half. Um, but right now, Boise is the only undefeated team in – no, excuse me, San Jose is 2-0 in conference play. Um, well, Colorado State's 1-0, but I don't think that's going to last. <laughs> uh, Nevada's 0-2. Uh, 
UNLV's two and one. Air Force is one and two. Aggies are one and one. Wyoming's two and one. New Mexico's zero for three. Fresno's zero for one. San Diego State on a last second field goal beat Hawaii sixteen to fourteen. So they're one and one, and Hawaii's zero for one. Yeah, I don't know what to do about San Diego State. Wasn't that the one where they were favored by like twenty something points? <laughs> Aztecs? Yeah, I think they were favored by a wide margin. And I said, like, can they score that many points? And they didn't. Scored sixteen points against the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, so this week it's about um getting getting two and zero in division play. In Colorado State their quarterback transferred. They had a, a defensive player net transfer announced that today. Um, th- that's a team that they did get a win uh, over this weekend, beating Nevada 17-14, their first win in the last 10 games that they've played. But it was it was ugly. And they basically scored the winning field goal on an untimed down at the end of the game. Yeah. Look, this week should be... Either for Utah State, but this will be a decent test to see how much they're really, you know, how hard they really are working. Because if they come out and just blast Colorado State, we can have a lot of confidence. If they come out and Colorado State gets up on Utah State, we'll know, hey, they had a good game against Air Force, but maybe they're just not real. They're not They're not good this year. And Coach talked about this today, and some of the players did too. You're going from prep against a team that everything is compact, Right, it's in this triple option run play and the dive and what Air Force tries to do. You really have to change everything you're doing defensively to prepare for them. And now you're going to a Colorado State team that's an air raid offense. A lot of it's spread out, quick attack plays. There's a very different style. However, all that being said, there's a lot of elements in what Colorado State wants to do offensively that Utah State does. As well, so it's not like it's a dramatic change getting ready from Air Force to Colorado State, as perhaps it was moving from BYU prep to Air Force prep. Yeah, so there and there's similarities between Colorado State's offense and Utah State's offense. And it's like, well, the defense has seen it before, so there may be some advantage there. Uh, I think there was a a text that I may have missed. Um. I gotta go back through and check. It wasn't. On. It wasn't seven nine nine four, was it? Uh, maybe. Because that was the beginning of the show. I don't remember you reading it, but I can't remember. Seven nine nine four says, "I humbly apologize to all the Aggie football team. They extremely underestimated your capability to match up with Air Force. Great job, guys." Eight nine six eight says, "By the way, I was really glad to eat a big plate of crow. I was one that gave the." that uh, didn't give the Aggies much of a chance. Uh, so, yeah, um, great great job for Utah State defensively. I'm not quite sure how you know, Johnny Carter maybe didn't get a little bit more recognition as a defensive player of the week with the turnover and the forced fumble. But um, I can understand his, his overall stats may not have been quite like others, but uh, great performance by Johnny. Who was the one that got Player of the Week? I think it was a Boise State guy, wasn't it? I'm going to look this up right now. <laughs> You'll have to look it up. I don't have it. But uh, uh, you know what? For 
a successful team, uh, a, a football to have a successful season, really you need you need your stars to shine. And on Saturday, it was your quarterback, lead wide receiver, and lead running back who definitely shined for Utah State. Uh, you know, you got Cooper Lega who's looking more comfortable in his position uh, on the run, throwing the ball, 18 of 23, so pretty efficient. Two touchdowns, he did have the one interception, uh, 215 yards, but he also uh, scrambled really well. Had that 32-yard scramble in for the touchdown on, with the, uh, on the carry, quarterback carry, ran for 76 yards. Calvin Tyler ran for over 100 109 yards on the day, his first touchdown of the season, which sounds surprising. And then uh, Brian Cobbs emerging and having 136 yards with one touchdown. Uh, the, the stars were shining bright for Utah State on Saturday night. Yeah, there were. So to update on that Defensive Player of the Week, um, Ezekiel Noah for Boise State won. And his stats were like slightly better than Ajani's. Similar, but slightly better. So we had six tackles. Um, well, six solo tackles. Might have had more tackles than that. Um, Ajani had four solo tackles, seven total. Uh, Noah had one sack and one tackle for loss. Carter didn't have either of those. And Noah also forced a fumble and had an interception, which is the same as Carter did. Hmm. So I said slightly better for Ezekiel Noah, which is probably what gave him the nod. Makes sense. Uh, but MJ Tafisi, AJ Vongpachan, a great job by the uh, the linebackers for Utah State. Both had 13 tackles. Uh, I thought Byron Vaughn's really stepped up his pressures in the second half, his effectiveness, uh, closing up gaps and making it difficult for Air Force to do what they wanted to do. Uh, it was great to see some pressure. You know, this Air Force, it's tough to get tackles for loss against them. The Aggies only had one for the whole game. And those are really hard to do against that team. But they were very effective in taking away the big first down plays, which started to put them behind the chains and made it more difficult for them, especially in the second half. Yeah, definitely. That second half, they did a really good job. Because in the first half, there were a lot of third and shorts they were dealing with. A lot of third and four or less. Utah State was struggling. And then in the second half, they're getting them behind the chains, and sometimes they'd let them go anyway. <laughs> um, I think Air Force, what was Air Force on their third down conversions? They were 7 of 13 which was better than Utah State's 5 of 12. So like I said, they were the, the main takeaway from this defense they're, you know, in this game is the fact they forced those two turnovers. And when you get turnovers against Air Force, they are enormous. Because, you know, Air Force only had like 10 possessions the entire day. And if you score 34 points and then you take away a couple of possessions, they have, you know, eight potential chances to score – it's a lot harder for that team to win. They're just not built to come back. Yeah. And and once Utah State got ahead, you know, 34-24, that was about all she wrote because, like, Air Force, they did technically move the ball and eventually got a field goal. Um, And they and they call that field goal to try and then maybe get an onside kick and then a touchdown. But they aren't built to make those big chunk plays in those, in those two-minute drill-type situations. Yeah, and it, which made me really nervous about Utah State kicking field goals in the first half, just missed opportunities. And look, this it was a great win, but there's still a lot of things this team needs to improve upon. Uh, they had you know, several 
negative plays that were unforced errors. Uh, still a couple of penalties that got them behind. They were able to overcome all of that. But um, you know, this is still a team that has a lot to work on. And uh, you know, Colorado State provides a good opportunity for them to fine-tune some of that. As yeah. long as they stay focused and don't overextend themselves and get too, too excited about Colorado State's current plight. Yeah, they need to be they need to be fine tuning themselves, not coasting, because then they're going to be in for a really rude awakening at Wyoming. Who, for as faulty as Wyoming be, they're sure as heck going to be able to pounce on Utah State's mistakes. You know, when they're playing at home. So, and I think as long as Utah State can fix some of their issues where drives will stall unnecessarily, penalties and in you know said negative plays that shouldn't be happening then that's something you can work on and maybe get a couple more touchdowns instead of field goals and other times not stall on the opponent's 40-yard line. So we've seen this in the past where Utah State was the best team in the world at getting from their own 20 to the opponent's 40 and then the worst at getting from the 40 to the 10. Yeah, it's really stall out. But credit to the coaching staff. I thought there was uh, creative play calling that was happening. Uh, They were... The, the different things were happening. It wasn't a series of the same play time and time and time again with no results. They were able to keep the chains moving, keep the drives alive, um, and, um, yeah, do just enough and started to pull away with those turnovers in that second half. It's huge. Yeah. I think one of the, the drives I was most impressed by, I think it was the one that ended with Lagaz run, I think. It may, it may have been the one where Terrell Vaughn's had the, the shovel pass. But basically it was they were attacking Air Force's defensive setup. The slot receivers were being covered by safeties who were like 10 yards down the field. And so they kept running hitch routes to those to those wide receivers a couple of times. You know, smart, attacking the defense. Then they were trying to split out some linebackers, other DBs, a little wider to try and close down that window. They weren't bringing the safeties up to guard the slots. They were trying to close down the window by placing defenders in those windows. Well, when that happened, Utah State just ran the ball and attacked that wide-open space between the inside linebacker and the outside linebacker, and they got a couple, at least one seven-yard run for a first down. It's a great combination of attacking the defense and then attacking the adjustment that the defense makes and getting positive plays out of it. Yeah, and, 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 and to that point, there's been some – and a mounting criticism about Calvin Tyler Jr. Is he really the best running back option for Utah State? We wondered that out loud last week. And I thought he ran the ball very effectively. Yeah, uh, I thought he had better field vision. I thought that he was effective moving the chains and, and going forward, not wasting time. Uh, and it was a great game. Now, statistically, the UConn game, he had more yards in that one. But I thought to, uh, Saturday was his best performance of the season. Even more, I know he had more than 100 yards against BYU as well, but I felt like how he ran Saturday showed his best game of the year so far. Yeah, he's running a lot harder these last two games. Maybe this game's slightly better than BYU, but I think in both you've seen him run really hard. Now, I will still plant my flag on the Robert Briggs needs more carries, but it's not in the way that Calvin Tyler's playing bad, so put Briggs in. I just think that Briggs is really good. He should also get carries to spell Calvin Tyler so that he can maybe get some rest and keep running as well as he is. Yeah, great point. Uh, going back to our full-court press text line, 
9952. Fine tune for Wyoming because I don't think they'll mismanage the clock for a field goal at the end again. Uh, yeah, Colorado State, in like a couple of instances just in the last few seasons, have had opportunities to win the game, but uh, basically fumbled both opportunities. In Fort Collins, uh, who was it? They ran out of bounds. Colorado State receiver. It was Preston Williams, wasn't it? Ran out of bounds, came back and caught the touchdown, but didn't establish himself because that's been a big issue this year for the Aggies. Well, it was- more that he wasn't forced out of bounds. Yeah, that's true. Being forced out versus just running out on your own. Uh, as time expired, and so that touchdown gets waved off, so Utah State wins that game. And then Colorado State here last season, just it was a total <laughs> disaster. That coaching staff deciding who's going to be on the field and who isn't to try to kick uh, which would have been a game-winning field goal as time expired, and they totally screwed it up. It was a mistake on par with Matt Wells. I forgot it was third down or something. It was a few years ago where he forgot which down it was and rushed his kicking team out there when he could have spiked it. <laughs> uh, yes, those were great times. Yeah, so it, There's been some weird things in the series with the Rams. Yeah, so when I criticize you know, the coaching staff for not knowing what a clock is, it really is a how on earth do all of these coaches – not know how to manage the clock when it's such an easy concept. Uh, eight nine six eight, and then we'll take a quick timeout. Uh, the one thing all the Aggies need to work on is not to get so excited when they score. They don't need to give the other team a short field on a dumb penalty. That's true. They need to stop that. They they are getting better with the individual unsportsmanlike, but there's. There was still one more that happened. It still happened. Unsportsmanlike conduct on. should never happen. All right, more your reactions to the Utah State victory over Air Force on Saturday, 435-339-0321. We'll also talk about Utah State men's basketball. They held a scrimmage Friday night. Observations from that. Uh, region 11 high school football concluded region play. And uh, we've got our high school football Bread and butter play of the game coming up next hour as well, where we'll give away some free bread. So stay tuned. That's coming up on the Full Court Press. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. 
Remember last October's huge snowstorm that destroyed trees all over Cache Valley? Bobby and his crew at Hall Tree Care were the most popular guys in town. Yeah, high five. Not saying that will happen again. However, I just looked at the forecast for winter and it calls for snow. Snow can wreak havoc in your overgrown trees and shrubs, which can wreak even more havoc in your home and vehicles. Call Hall Tree Care before winter gets here. 760-6587. Ask about their radio discount. That's H-U-L-L Tree Care. Join us at Prodigy Brewing to celebrate Oktoberfest. Delicious specials going on now through the end of October. Come on down and enjoy brats and German potato salad served with our house-made sauerkraut and mustard, tankards, and house-brewed beer. You keep the tankard. Find us on Instagram for updates on new events throughout the month of October. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made, over 4,700 pounds, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. Local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Triber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Triber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, you need Chevron Dello 15W40? Well, they have it. Do truckloads full if you need to, that they need to move. Only $15.95 a gallon at Napa Auto Parts. They also feature heat storm tradesman infrared heaters and a lot more. All in stock at your five locally owned Preston and Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. So Utah State with the 34-27 victory over Air Force on Saturday night. Fun, fun game. Really a complete football game, entertaining football game. The only lulls, if you will, were just those long drives from Air Force. But uh, give a lot of credit for a, a well-executed game from Utah State. Yes, there were some issues that could have been better. But a nice victory for the Aggies, all in all, to get them back into the uh, Mountain Division hunt. Now, Boise State... Um, is the 3-0 overall in conference play. But looking at those conference wins, they beat New Mexico, and uh, that's the only game that they've had so far in the Mountain Division. The other victories are in the West Division, and uh, Boise State and Air Force face each other on the 22nd, so Boise State has a bye week this week. 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting to you, – you'll need to keep your eye on Boise State, how they do, because it'll determine, you know, maybe just how much help or how little help Utah State needs if they drop a, a game. But, of course, the main thing to keep in mind is that Utah State controls their own destiny. If they win out, they're in. That's all that matters. Absolutely still in the hunt. So, because that would mean beating Boise State and having whatever tiebreaker against them. And you obviously really want to beat San Jose State, too, because that maybe could help if, you know, if, I don't know if Boise State plays San Jose State. Because um, that may end up being relevant, but still. They do not. They do not. So, yeah, th- that removes a potentially tough opponent from, from Boise State. So, at the end of the day, that Boise State game may once again, you know, determine whether or not Utah State goes to the the Mountain West Championship as it did in 2018, I think one of the year. Of course, you know, the two times Utah State went to the Mountain West title game, they lost to Boise State, but this year is probably not going to be like uh, last year or uh, 2014, I think. All right, uh, more on that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including select men are accepted. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272, or stop by their showroom west of DI, and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. So the Athletic ranks every football team, 1 through 131. And this week their updated rankings have Utah State now at 103. Air Force says the highest-ranked college football team in the Mountain West at 57. But still, um, it's, it's been a down year for the Mountain West Conference. Air Force had the, the chance to be the flag-bearer, and they're stumbling a little bit. San Jose may be the one that's emerging. Uh, Boise State, oh, San Jose, by the way, at 64. Boise at 77. Uh, But there's a couple teams clumped there. Wyoming at 74, UNLV 75, Boise at 77. Bit of a gap. Then San Diego State at 98, USU at 103, Fresno 113, New Mexico 121, and just Colorado State at 124. 
They went up. <laughs> so yeah, you win, you go up. There was nowhere lower than to go. I think they were one thirty one. They were very time. dead last. Yeah. yeah. Nowhere to go but up. So great opportunity for Utah State coming up this next week. Uh, more on that coming up. We'll also have reactions to the USU men's basketball scrimmage on Friday night. Region 11 high school football standings. RPI, the latest numbers are out for that as they conclude their regular season on Wednesday this week. And uh, continue to react to the college football and NFL weekend that was. Plus, we're going to give away some free bread next hour. Stay tuned for that on the uh, Skyview Bread and Butter Play of the Week, or Play of the Game from the uh, Skyview game on Friday. Trick and this is above the noise. In the NFL, we often focus on two sides of the football, offense and defense. Still a lot more that goes into a game than just those two sides. Special teams often an afterthought when we discuss a team's strength or weakness. But after what we saw from the Ravens last night, it's hard to ignore that side of the football. The Ravens special teams features one of the NFL's premier weapons in Justin Tucker. The Ravens battled the Bengals all night, but it was clear it was Tucker making the biggest difference throughout the matchup. The kicker nailed a 58-yarder in the third quarter, then managed to knock home a 43-yarder as time expired, leading Baltimore to a much-needed victory. Whenever we talk about elite groups in football, we often turn towards the offense, the quarterback, or a defense's edge rusher. But if we learned anything last night, it's that although special teams is often an afterthought, an elite unit can truly make a difference when the going gets tough come postseason time. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.